Hot Takes of Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahairmd.com. Question of the day. We got one for the Jazz. We got one for college football. For football, the question is, Utah joining BYU in the rankings, 24th in the media poll, 25th in the coaches poll. BYU is sitting in that 14-15 range and has been uh, for a little while now. Utah joins BYU in the rankings, both in for good rest of this season. Done deal. Lock it up. We got two nationally ranked teams here. Yay or nay? Tyler gets right to the obvious. It depends on how the Oregon games go. If they're close, Utah will probably stay in. If they get rocked, they may drop. No, if they get rocked, they will drop. BYU will stay in. USU will have a chance to break in if they win out. Well, that's true. So I guess that brings us to the question, what's going to happen in the Oregon games, PK? If you're 24 and you take down a team that's ranked 4th or 5th, up you go. How far depends on how many teams lose in front of you. But you're going up at least five spots. And it, and it might be seven, eight. I mean, we see that some weeks. Well, if Utah wins out, they will be ranked higher than BYU. Uh, and everything hinges upon Saturday, which is very, very interesting. This is the most interesting game that Utah has ever played this late in the season that as far as Rose Bowl, has very little effect. It's 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 crazy. You're gonna have to get to the Rose Bowl, most likely, uh, barring an absolute Oregon collapse. Five quarterbacks get injured in one quarter or something ridiculous. Oregon's gonna win the North, and you're gonna have to beat them in three weeks, <laughs> and that's what it's gonna come down to. Uh, Oregon to get to the playoff has to win out. So the implications of the game this week are far more for Oregon than they are for Utah. Because if Utah beats Oregon, which is very capable of doing, and then loses in Las Vegas, they're not going to the Rose Bowl, and it's a bitter defeat. Whereas if they lose Saturday and beat Oregon in Las Vegas, they're going to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, and, and they'll go as uh, if they were to lose, but be split and win the second game. It goes a four-loss team but they'll have all sorts of momentum. So the only way they're going to get in uh, is if, well, not the, I guess it's not the only way, but the best way is just simply to beat Oregon and go into that thing with momentum. What you don't want is you lose both games and then you still go in because there's nobody else that the conference is interested in taking. And I don't know that anybody else is more attractive in that respect. Uh, so it's, it's a crazy situation. I don't think that I've, I can compare it to anything in recent memory or maybe even long-term memory uh, because there was no such thing for many, many years where you had to beat the team in the regular season and beat them in that one-game Rose Bowl playoff, essentially. This is a new phenomenon since 2011. So uh, I'm so interested in this game just to see the mindset. And maybe when the Utes line up, they none of it's probably going to matter. It's just what's going to matter is that play – and who wins the play, you know, and who wins the most plays usually wins the game if you want to boil it down. 
But it's really interesting to see how this game is going to go and how it affects or doesn't affect the Rose Bowl chances. If they lose, if the Utes lose twice to Oregon, I'm just not 100% convinced they're backing in. I, I would lean towards they're not. Now, it depends on what happens in other games. But the you know, odds UCLA wins out are pretty good. And I would think 8-4 and four UCLA would get picked over 8-5 and five Utah. And oh, UCLA man. may mess up a game. Why would they? Eight and four, they'd have a better record. And yes, they lost head to head, but it's what you brought up earlier this year. Ah, they didn't have their starting quarterback. I mean, Utah with two losses in three games would be coming in with no mojo. That would be very disappointing. That sure would, unless they. But if both games went right down to the end? Possibly. Especially if there's a bad call, controversy. How did they? They didn't overturn it because it wasn't conclusive, but it looked like it was right. I mean, we could build a bunch of maybes into this. And Utah's been the better program for, without question, without question, eight years now. Inarguable. Eight years? That was a pretty good three year run for Mora, so I was going to go seven. Okay. Come on. You're splitting hairs. (laughs) They've definitely been the better program. Yeah. And it's a while now. And college football has pretty short memories, so once you get over five years, who cares? Something to be said for that. Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. Recruits don't care after five years, that's for sure. <laughs> like, no, yeah, but that was when I was 12. That was a long time ago. <laughs> okay, and, Yeah, fine. and for them, you know, 18 to 12, for the rest of us, six years is nothing. But when you're 12 and then you're 18, that's a that's massive huge. difference. Yeah, yeah that's huge. Yeah. Uh, and also, too, now we're seeing coaches getting fired in the middle, or not in the middle, but the end of their second year. Oh, routinely. It doesn't even, it, it, it gets mentioned, but it, it gets buried paragraphs down. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's the second year. Yeah. So, uh, it, I guess the complexion of the game matters, and if it's tight, I still think that you should go. Now, if they get smoked in both games, maybe you got me, and the Bruins. Who do they have this week? They got at USC. That's right. And then C. home to Cal. Yeah. And they're 6-4 and four after beating Colorado. And you would look that on paper they would be able to win both games, although this is a rivalry game. SC, at this point, uh, you know, obviously they're not having anything close to the SC season. No. And their program is going to change dramatically in the next few weeks. And I was told by somebody... Uh, that's why I brought up the Kalani leaving thing because I was told by somebody, man, you just this next few weeks, it because and it makes sense when you think about it. Uh, it's oh, going to be crazy. It is. And it seems like it every year it gets crazier. I think that's uh, because every year it is getting crazier. I don't yeah. think that people, you know, when you say seems, I don't think people's observations are off base here. We are seeing coaches. You, you know, you're saying getting fired after their second year. They are getting fired. After 1.5 or you know 2.5 years, when when one of those years pandemic induced, well, it was crazy everywhere, but it was super short in this league. Now, if you go to Matt Wells and Big 12, it was a little bigger sample size, but it was still a super weird year. You know, Zoom team meetings and film sessions. I mean, it was it was a bizarro year. Even if you got to play eight or ten games, and the Pac-12 didn't. No, and there's no acknowledgement of oh man that was that that wasn't real. Let's let's let our guy get his feet under him and get it done here. There's none of that. It's like look at the numbers, gone. Yeah, that mindset may be gone forever. I mean, what a weird season. You get a coach fired after the second game. 
you get the coach fired uh, towards the end of his second year. Yep. So this season. How many jobs are coming open in the Pac-12? I mean, it really is going to be a whirlwind. Uh, oh, what do we got, three right now? Washington was the third because we already had USC week two, and then we had the Washington cha- state change. Yeah. Washington makes the, the uh, announcement this weekend, so that's three. I know people are saying UCLA, and, and I guess if, if you know, they turn it over a bunch of times and look sloppy and have a bunch of penalties and lose to USC and Cal and finish 6-6, six and six, then UCLA could make a change. But they got it together at halftime against Colorado and rolled. I assume they're going to win these last two. They certainly ought to be favored to. I think they're the pick. We'll see if they do it. And they're not making a change at 8-4. and four. That would be completely insane. ASU, though. ASU could be a fourth job open. Expected to be. I don't uh, think Arizona and Colorado should be changing. They just made changes. You've got to give those guys time. So that kind of takes care of the South. Oregon State, the arrow is up there. So. Well, it's more at this point if a coach. Yeah, I don't know that the arrow was up at Oregon State. Really? Compared to garbage, it's up. <laughs> right. But uh, that's they've they've had a disappointing season. Now, when, when you when you're sitting there early in the season, and you did what you did, and then you turn around and lose a couple of ball games like they did. Uh, they're better than they were. Jonathan Smith has got them better than they were, but I think they're viewing this as a disappointment. Well, I'll give you a disappointing finish to the season because certainly expectations were recalibrated with the way they played early. 100% on board with that. But it's still the most wins that they've had in eight or nine years, depending on how it plays out. Yeah, but... Well, so I don't think they're going to make a change. People don't look at it like that. They look at it, what are we capable of achieving... And is this guy capable of getting us there? Not where we came from. It was really funny. On uh, Saturday, I'm driving back into to Phoenix from Tucson, right? And I'm going to hook up with family. So I'm going to get an opportunity to uh, watch the Sun Devil game until literally the last two minutes, mm-hmm. right? And they have a nice comeback, and they score a touchdown, and then they have, uh, Robertson gets a pick, and they win the game, right? And then I go... Uh, eat with family, and then 90 minutes later, I'm back in the car, and I turn on the post-game show. They take calls mm-hmm. afterward, like most, you know, obviously everybody does that, and I only hear three calls before I got to get out of the car. All three calls, all three are cracking on Herm Edwards and Ray Anderson, the athletic director, hard, and I was floored, probably too, uh, too strong of a word, but I thought... Hey, these guys are seven and three. How many times have they been seven and three after ten years? <laughs> uh, you know, not. But I don't have that fan uh, fanatic type uh, approach. It's just not the way I'm wired. It doesn't mean that much to me. But if you're in a high water mark, I get it. Yeah. you expect you're seven and three. Not only that, eight and four seems like a lock, and nine and three is totally reasonable and it's not outrageous possible. at all. Possible? Yeah. yeah, it's possible. So I'm thinking that's pretty good, but no. Every call, just hammering them. And the second call brings up, what do we got to do to get Todd Graham back? No. Get, <laughs> what? Yeah, true. true story. Are they watching Hawaii football? Come no. On. <laughs> no, they're watching what Todd Graham did at ASU. And so he got them in a better place. And the point I'm making is their athletic director comes in and says, 
well, okay, he's gotten us better than what we had been, but it's not where we believe we should be. And so they let him go. They pay him $10 million to walk away. Completely and totally fiscally irresponsible, especially when you go relative to the results that Herm Edwards has produced. And then the third caller brings up Todd Graham, and the the, the host loses it. Good. He loses it, man. <laughs> that was four years ago. I mean, he was on the verge of swearing. If it was satellite, he, he would have gone. Yeah. yeah. and But that's the way fans are. And so I relate it to Oregon State. Yeah, he's gotten them better, but they probably think that they're in a better spot. So I do agree with you that I believe he's safe, but you never really know, especially with a couple of ball games left. And then also, too, there may be an opening if one coach within the conference yes. takes another job. Yes, absolutely. I was about to get to that. Coach is fired. That opens jobs up. Now, who gets those jobs opens up more jobs. So let's wait and see how this plays out. Right, because on paper, Washington is one of the better jobs in the conference. If you take the historical view and you go over the last 30 or 40 years and Washington fans are more than willing to do this, then you can argue that it's the third or fourth best job in the league. I think everyone agree Oregon and USC right now are the two best. The money Oregon has and the tradition they've built over the last 20, 25, going on 30 years, really good. And SC's got the tradition over, I don't even know what it is, 80 or 90 years. And they sit right in Southern California in the recruiting hotbed. And Oregon's got the money and the Nike stuff behind him. But Washington likes to think they're right behind those two. And I don't have any problem with that. I think uh, if you got inside the coaching industry, there might be coaches who say, wow, you, you know, they're living in the past and those expectations. You, you know that story about someone telling you about Idaho State's a great job because their expectations are in line with their contracts. Whereas basketball, with, I was told that. Yeah. yeah, basketball. Whereas with Washington football, I think there's some people and coaches like Washington thinks they're way more than they are. Be careful of that job. Yeah, but at the same time, it's just four years ago they're in the playoffs. Yep. So Absolutely. we know it can be done. And yeah. I really, really believe if he wants, if he wants to, Kalani Sataki can interview for Pac-12 job this year. I don't think – I have no doubt. Now, he may put out the signal – you know, I'm not really interested, uh, so they may not want to bother. I can't speak to what he's thinking. Uh, I can speak to what people around me tell him what he's thinking. But out of my respect for Kalani, I am not even going to ask him. And that's just, no, it's not getting, it's not, I'm not going to do that. But I'm more than willing to ask people around him what they think he's thinking because I don't want to tick him off. It's and, and, and I mean I can call him up on my own and, and ask him, but I'm not going to. Uh, it's just it's not the right thing to do. I wouldn't bug him on that. But I absolutely believe that if he wants to interview, he can. That's not an outrageous call at all. The way they've won over the last two seasons, the the schools with jobs, the, the AD wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't put out feelers. If not to Kalani directly, know how it works. There's there's third parties you can reach out to. Yeah. And so my caution to BYU is be ready. 100%. And, and I, I'm really curious. You know, you can, and you brought this up with Samson 
Nakua in the previous segment, you know, and he's got a tie there because he played there, and there's a lot of people in place, and that's all good. But you never know how much people really feel um, appreciated, what level of trust there is with multiple levels of management. Um, I think we've all been in situations where we, you know, one boss we work for is great, but another boss is lukewarm and another somebody else is, you know, putting their fingers in the pie and messing everything up, you know. So and and does someone come with like reasonable money or does someone come with crazy, silly money? And you can say that doesn't matter and maybe it doesn't and you say it shouldn't matter. and Maybe it shouldn't. But I think if we start looking around college football, we can see times where people are like, i got to take that. This job, they, they turn so quick on people, and they're turning more quicker, more quickly than ever. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so absolutely. if somebody offers you, hey, here's five years and, you know, 35 or $40 million, I can tell them they should say no. You can tell them they should say no, but maybe they shouldn't say no. That yeah. goes to your point that it's crazy. And I think, and this is underrated, but I think it works the other way too. But it doesn't get as much pub. People will turn jobs down, and we may not necessarily know, so it doesn't get as much. And on the surface, if we did know, we'd say, you're crazy. But they may know, hey, the people I got to work for there, the expectations they have, I may not even get 15 or 20 games. This is nuts. I'm not taking it. And on the surface, you do the history, the tradition, you think they should. But that doesn't get as much run because we don't always find out about the people saying no. Sometimes we do, but we don't always find out. Agreed, yeah. Chris Peterson said no at Boise State a lot. And on the surface, it would seem crazy to some people. But he was choosy, and he picked his spot, and he finally went when he went to Washington. And you're right, not only did he have a playoff, the playoff team, he won the conference title two times in three years. So... All right, DJ and PK, question of the day, the Jazz, what is wrong? They have lost four out of the last five games. They have lost two at home. Lost to Miami twice in a week. You're supposed to split when you play teams that close together. What is going wrong? What do they say is wrong? How much is it spot on and how much is it other stuff? And we will get to that next. Stay with us.